You're listening to The Simply Flawsome Show, a podcast designed for you to listen, learn, and leverage. Please welcome your host, Zoe Turner. to welcome today's guest on the show. It's the second lady that we've had on so far and already in her 29 years she's achieved so much and should be super proud of her achievements. In 2008 she won the French Junior Championships. In 2010 she was the African Continent Champ and won the NCA National Championship. In 2012 she competed in the Olympics when she was only 23 years of age and she was the first Tunisian swimmer to ever qualify for the Olympics. In 2015 she was the Master Swimming World Championships and more recently she's been awarded the Middle Eastern Women Leadership Award and in February she will also be awarded the Pioneer Pioneering Women's Award here in the Middle East. So please welcome the amazingly talented Zara Lajner. Hi Zoe, thank you for having me and um, it's really a pleasure to, to be with you here today. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Sarah, Sarah, it's, uh, it's all, I write it differently but it's Sarah or Sarah here, they pronounce it Sarah so Sarah. it's, okay. yeah. What do you prefer, Sarah or Sarah? It depends. Uh, I mean, I go by Sarah, mm -hmm. so that's the, the, easy, the easy way, but I mean, when I used to live in the US, it was Sarah, so um, in France, it was like Sarah, so it's okay. completely, I mean, it depends on the country, but I'm, I'm fine with all of them. Okay, okay. Well, Sarah, I think it's probably easy for me to call you. Okay, that. it's okay. <laughs> um, welcome and thank you for coming on the show today. Thank we you, it's my pleasure. It. So first of all, Sarah, can you take us back? For those listening that don't know who you are and they've never heard of you, can you give us a, a bit of a background into your, your journey and, and where it all started for you? Sure. Um, well, um, I won't make it too long, but um, um, I'm 29. I started swimming when I was five years old uh, with my older brother. Um, and then um, I joined the, national, the Tunisian national team in 2001. Um, and started competing for, for Tunisia since then. Um, and then I moved to France in 2004 when I was only 15. So I left my family, I left my friends, I left everything behind and I just went to France. Um, I was 15. I was barely 15. Why did you move to France? Because the, the federation chose me to go um, do study and sports at the same time because the, um, the system in France uh, makes swimmer, like, it makes us better. So um, we used to send the, the best swimmers and the best athletes in general. Mm -hmm. um, well, they ask their parents if the parents agree and if the federation and um, the ministry chooses them, they send them to France to finish um, their high school and then train and study at the same time. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, 2004 I moved to France, um, stayed there for five years on my own, <laughs> had ups and downs and uh, graduated from high school in 2008 and then moved to the US. Um, I was recruited by the University of Florida uh, to swim for the university and study also. So um, I studied political science 
and international relations um, in the U.S. Uh, graduated with highest honors in 2013 and was part of the team for four years. And then I decided to come to Dubai. So, um, and why I came to Dubai actually is because um, 2010 we had uh, swimming world championships here in Dubai. It was the first time it was done in the Middle East. And I came, I competed, and I really loved the country, and I fell in love with it. So um, I told myself one day, I will come back to this country, and I live mm. here. So when I was done with college, I was like, why not? Let's, let's, um, let's go on a new adventure and uh, move to Dubai and see what, uh, what will happen. Mm. So, and since then, I'm here. <laughs> wow. So you started swimming when you were five years of age. Yes. When did you start taking that seriously? When did people realize that you had a talent? Um, okay, <laughs> it's actually, um, when, I, when I first started, I didn't like swimming. I didn't want to swim at all. I used to only like jumping um, so, and doing dives. Mm. So the coach, like every time, That's we, used to, exactly, we used to start uh, <laughs> like by kicking and yeah. technique and things. And I used to cry all the time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do it. And then when it's time for like jumping and doing mm -hmm. playing games, I was so happy and I was in heaven. But then I, I got to like it, and uh, we moved into like a more structured um, club after like a, a year. Like my coach told my mom, like your kids are good, so take them. Don't keep them with the public. Just take them into like a, a more structured club. Mm. And she took us into a club, and then we started. Um, my older brother just stopped because he had asthma, and when his health started to get better, he just stopped, and um, I kept on going. So I was actually like. At the age of, was he of, proud of you? He, or he, he there was a bit of envy there? No, not at all. Like my older brother is the sweetest person on earth actually. I used to torture him when we were kids, but he used to love me to death. Because I, I don't have sisters, I have two brothers, one older and one younger. Mm -hmm. But um, we bonded a lot together because my youngest brother is four years younger than me. So like for me and old my older brother, we bonded together for a while before my little brother comes. Yeah. Um, but no, he used to be so proud and he used to like attend all the competitions and cheer for me and like encourage me. So we used to, like my mom used to work and when we had competitions, I was competing, he was not. And we used to stay at the pool. Um, he like buys me lunch and then we used to go in the shade and sleep and he covers me and he stays there to like watch out for me. And he doesn't sleep until like we started the afternoon session and then my mom comes and pick us up so um, yeah That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah he was and I really like I'm, I'm blessed to have a family that really supported me along the whole way and um, they were always there for me so um, so yeah I'm, I'm really thankful and blessed for that mm -hmm. so what does it take to become an Olympian is it is it true that you know, cause there's a, I don't know if it's a famous saying, but it was something that I was reading that it's, it takes 10,000 hours of training in 10 years to prepare for something like the Olympics. It is. Do you agree with that? It is really hard. It's not. It's not a given thing. And it's not, um, that's why everybody wants to go to the Olympics. Like, it's every, 
athlete's dream is to go to the Olympics because they know that it's not given to everyone. So um, it really takes a lot of effort and a lot of work and no social life and uh, nothing on the side. But it's not only training because it's a lifestyle. You have your training, you need to have your lifestyle outside of your sport, the, whether it is the pool or somewhere else. You really have to have a lifestyle that goes with your goals. So you need to sleep early, you need to eat healthy, you need to eat good, um, you need to rest, you need to recover, to warm up before your exercise and to warm down after it and stretch. So it's a whole thing, it's not only training because training is just a little part of it. And then um, psychology is very important too. So when you set your goals, so first you have to set goals, you have to put goals short term, mid term and long term, but also you need to have realistic goals but also not easy goals because if you achieve the easy goals then you're not gonna have anything to reach for and you're not gonna be encouraged or have the eager to go where you want to be so um, so it's really like a 360 degree thing that you get yourself into and once you're into it you there's no backing off so you cannot just like be oh no I'm, I'm too tired I cannot do it anymore and I'm just like out of it so no it's once you commit you're you're fully committed and you have to do it the right way mm -hmm. otherwise you you cannot you you cannot do it so when did you decide that you wanted to participate um, since I was little I was competitive and I didn't like losing so um, but I always try to put all the odds on my side and train hard um, in order to achieve what I wanted to achieve and when I was part when I when the national team recruited me like when I became part of the national team in 2001 um, I was always the youngest one to do things so um, and after a couple of years I joined the a national team which were all like 20 25 years old um, like swimmers and I was I was only 14 so I was always the youngest one to do and um, so it always encouraged me to swim with older people to swim with boys rather than girls um, and um, yeah once I moved to France I knew that because I chose to to move to France the Federation told my parents if you want to send her we can send her because she she's good and she can do things mm -hmm. but if I would have said no I don't want it um, I would have stayed back home so um, when I went in if 2000 you stayed back home what do you think would have happened oh uh, I probably would have stopped swimming at the age of 18 and got married and stopped whatever I was doing and got kids and probably I would be just home or maybe I would have finished my studies and just stopped sports because mm. it's hard to um, to do both back home in Tunisia to do the sports and the studies mm. so I would have had to choose one or the other yeah. but not both um, and it was out of the question for me to sacrifice one for the other it was always they were always going side by side that's why um, when I studied, I chose an area completely far from sports, but it also, like, it would at some point come back into sports because sports becomes politics, it becomes business. So, um, but when I decided to do political science and international relations, um, I wanted to do something different from sports mm -hmm. and to be able to learn something new and probably later on use it into my sport. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's, um, that's what it is. Is there anything you could do differently? If you could think back to, you know, 
maybe when you were 22, 23, mm-hmm. about to embark on your Olympic journey, is there anything with today's head on that you would maybe do differently? Um, I do believe in second chances, but um, I don't think I would be the person I am today if I would have done anything differently. Mm-hmm. And um, all the successes and failures that I've had in my life made me the person I am today. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm really thankful and I appreciate every second and every minute of the days I'm living now. So um, I don't think I would have done anything differently. How, how <coughs> Obviously, it requires huge amount of discipline to be um, a, a, a um, professional sports mm-hmm. person. Um, how has that impacted you today and what you do in your life today? Oh, um, it really helped me a lot. I mean, being an athlete and being a high-level athlete, um, it doesn't make you only a good athlete and it doesn't benefit you only in your sports career. It actually benefits you in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually now in the US, they made studies that, um, and they're actually encouraging recruiters and companies to recruit athletes and high-level athletes, college athletes, because going through college for four years, mm-hmm. it takes time and it takes um, courage, it takes commitment, um, it takes some, um, some organization to be able to go through four years of training and studying and competing and going away from let's say from the university like traveling around the US and going into different states and then coming back after the weekend to get back into your routine so um, I really I mean sports made me the person I am today organized Um, I know what I want in my life Um, I know how to do it and um, what it takes to to reach my goals and to reach where I want to be what do you want in your life (laughs) oh uh, well a couple of things (laughs) Um, well I want to continue my sports career Um, because for me I always say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger um, it's a saying and it's a song and it's it's a lot of things but for me that's I always tell myself that because sometimes it gets really hard and it gets really challenging to continue doing what I'm doing um, so and I've had I went through a lot of rough um, like I mean periods in my life but I always say like if I come out of this I would be stronger and anything that can happen like will happen but anything that would happen to me after that it will not do any harm to me because I survived this so I can survive anything mm. um, so yes I um, my my goal now is to qualify for the Olympics for 2020 Amazing. for the next Olympics yes um, and then build my little business which is um, SL Sports Consulting mm-hmm. uh, yeah and then uh, do good i mean give back to the sport uh because for me i i got a lot of things good from from being an athlete so now it's time for me to give back to the community and to give back Mm -hmm. to um, little girls little athletes to encourage them to inspire them to talk to them and tell them that everything is possible if you really put your head into something you can achieve it because nothing is impossible with work and with commitment so um so 2020 Olympics, we're in, yes, in Tokyo. 2019 at the moment. Yes. 
have you started training for that? Yes, uh, I, I did start training, but uh, the surprise is that I'm not trying to qualify in swimming. Uh, but I'm actually trying rowing. to qualify, no, not rowing, uh, triathlon. Triathlon? Yes. Wow, fantastic. <laughs> yes, I just started um, triathlon this mm -hmm. year, like, I mean, uh, last September, October, mm -hmm. I decided to get into triathlon. I wanted to get into it before, uh, that was last March, but mm -hmm. I actually had an accident and I was hit mm -hmm. by a car. Mm -hmm. I broke my clavicle. Mm -hmm. and um, I had a metal plate uh, in my um, yeah in my clavicle so it just delayed me but I said this is not gonna stop me I'm just gonna get back into it and I'm gonna do it have you competed in any yes yes so far I've done super sprints which is mm -hmm. the shorter distance um, I've done three of them um, and I came second in the um, Dubai International Women Triathlon, Amazing. which was good. Yeah, I came uh, second after the world champion, the, um, the biathlon world champion. She's Spanish. Wow. So, um, Is this in your age group? It's, um, it's, it's age group, but overall. Mm -hmm. So it was, we were in the same age group and we, we came like um, first and second in the overall too. Wow. So, um, so yeah. What year was that? It was this year. It was uh, November 2018. Oh, yeah. So it was. Um, we have the other. We've got a race on Friday, 70.3. Yes, the I'm building for that, but not yet. That's the the mid to long term goal is to get into Ironman. But for now, I'm building for the Olympic event because the Olympic event and the Ironman are different. Mm -hmm. The Ironman is really the longer distances, but uh, the Olympic event is um, is 1,500 swim, 40k cycle, and uh, 10k. So run so that's the one I'm building towards that's what you're training towards that's what I'm training towards you do know that I've done triathlon really yes. wow <laughs> okay well then we should yeah. compete together in yes yeah. in Feb mid-Feb oh, well, <laughs> nice yeah. wow okay are you doing this one in um, I'm not because in Dubai? I stopped competing okay um, I stopped competing about I, was going to be there, but we're interviewing somebody on oh, Friday. Oh, nice. To go and support my friends. I still oh, might get along for that. That's um, cool. But I doubt I'll be able to make it. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I did... Uh, I did it. I've done like an Olympic and a couple of centipedes. Okay, we we should we should actually Obviously like do train. one together. I'm yeah, training. I'm just not competing. Triathlon is amazing. I mean, it, it just teaches you a lot of things because you just you're not doing one sport. You're doing three of them, and it takes some courage and some. Um, like everything to, to be able to just do those trainings especially here because triathlon like triathlon people train early in the morning and like late at night so it really it is some kind of commitment that you have to be into. It takes a lot of discipline. Yes, like and no social life. Seriously, like no this one life. is really no social life. Like my coach tells me you need to be in bed at 9.30 because if you don't get like to bed by 9.30, you're gonna be done tomorrow. Like you're gonna be dying. Uh, I'm training with BR, uh, Bespoke Ride. Mm -hmm. So um, it's uh, Joe, mm -hmm. um, Joe Artish. Mm -hmm. So that's my coach, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, I recently joined the, the BR team, mm -hmm. and uh, now it's really fun to train with people because um, so far, like the last couple of years, um, I've been training on my own, and it's really hard for an athlete to be the athlete and the coach at the same time, mm -hmm. and to do my trainings and to think and to just like and then go and execute them. Mm -hmm. um, so this made my life so much easier and so much fun to train with people and to train with the group. Um, so it's challenging, but at the same time, it's just pushing me even more. Yeah, so, especially um, when you're competing at yeah. such a high level. <clears throat> yeah. You need to have That's true. That yeah, and they're training for the 70.3. So for me, the sessions are longer than what, like, what, I'm, what I used to do. Mm -hmm. But it's really good for me because I need to build my cycling and my running. Mm -hmm. I mean, the swimming part is not a problem for me. Mm -hmm. But I'm building um, the cycling and the running part. That's amazing. So, thank right, you. I'm sure that you will achieve that. Thank you, you so much, Zoe. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's amazing. And I didn't actually, I did read somewhere that you were getting yeah. involved in mm -hmm. I mean, I, I tried rowing before triathlon, mm -hmm. um, but it, it just got a little bit hard for me because um, now I have a job and I live in Dubai and my mm -hmm. club was in Sharjah. So um, that's why. But I was national champion here in the UAE 2017, 2018 for overall. Rowing. Yes, for so rowing. Tell me about your rowing journey because there's an interesting story <laughs> about that. It's a very inspiring story about when you first started rowing. Yes. Um, actually, yeah, it is inspiring, but it's shocking a little bit. Um, I started um, end of 2016. Mm. So it was really November, December 2016. Um, that's when I decided to switch from swimming. Um, because I was trying to qualify for the Olympics in 2016, uh, but it didn't go well. Um, so um, I, I decided to do rowing, and uh, the first day I went, uh, I was in Tunisia, and I walk into the club. So it was a military club, because my mom is in the military. So they couldn't say no. Um, I walk in, uh, the coach was like, how old are you? I told him, um, 27. He was like, have you ever done rowing? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> He's like, have you ever been into a boat, like a rowing boat? I'm like, no. He's like, what are you doing here? Why are you wasting your time and my time? I'm like, how can you say that? Like, I mean, you've never seen me. You've, you haven't tested me yet. And I'm an athlete. I've done like sports for 20 plus years and you don't know what I'm capable of doing. And I'm a fast learner. I told him, try me and you won't regret it. So he's like, Okay, I'll try you. I mean, I cannot say no because your mom is an officer and like the club is open for uh, for for like kids officer. So um, he tried me, and um, if I could show you videos, Zoe, when I was go like going on the boat and just flipping every time I got on the boat, um, it was so hard. My hands were just like going. I mean, I had blisters everywhere. And um, in a month, they challenged me. They said, in a month, we have the, the Coastal Rowing Tunisian Championship, National Championships. And they said, you will participate in it. Um, if you will be ready, you will participate. That was a month after I joined. So, um, and I participated in the double. So, um, and they wanted to win. So it was pressure on me, but it was a challenge for me too to show them that I, that I was able to do it. Um, and I was seeing the coach changing his mind little by little and I was really committed. I was there every morning just doing everything he asked me to do and like doing extra and trying to be comfortable on the boat. And surprisingly, after a month, we went to the Coastal Rowing Champs and um, 
we won the double with, with the girl with me. And I believe me, I was seeing the coach jumping on the rock and he was like cheering for us. And he was like, good what job, Sarah, good you? job. Well, he said sorry first. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm really sorry that I doubted you, uh, but you showed me that you really could, could do it. Um, and then he was so happy. He was like hugging us and be like, good job, girls. Nice job. You did it. So, um, so that's why that's I... Interesting. Yeah. Hopefully you would have taught like, him a very valuable lesson. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. if you weren't as strong and determined... Yeah. Someone else would have just turned are. around and left. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how probably... Um, I mean, anywhere you can lose someone valuable by just like turning them um, from the first, like from the first day or from the first meeting, because you don't know what this person is capable of doing in sports or in life in general. Mm -hmm. So just test the person, see what they're capable of, give them some time, and then you can see Maybe if people that can't see. Yeah. What they've really got inside. Exactly. Them. Yeah. Although they have got something, but they True. can't see yeah. it. True. Yeah. That's right. Just to be turned away like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And that's thanks to sport that I got this strong personality because otherwise, I mean, and if it was like even a younger person, because he told me you're too old to start a new sport. I'm like, it's never too old. It's never too late. Like better now than like tomorrow. So I know people in their 50s mm -hmm. who have been running yes. for years, mm -hmm. um, you know, they've been good runners, marathon yeah. runners for years, and they're actually getting PBs. Yeah, exactly. They're, in their 50s, and they're and people can true and people convert to triathlon when they get older it's now it's the trend that people are really getting into triathlon and because rowing is an endurance sport too so it's actually now a lot of um, rowing coaches they recruit from swimming because swimming sets you right and it works your whole body your stamina your vo2 max and then you're ready for rowing and for like the endurance sports later on so that's why people get into triathlon like swimmers cyclists runners they just convert and learn the other two sports and then just start doing triathlon how much of a factor do you think age plays? I really, for me, age is just a number. Um, they always, like, people always ask me how old I am, and mm -hmm. and they they would be scared, like, they would be reluctant to ask me the question, and they would be scared because, I mean, women in general don't like to say their age. So I'm like, no, I'm really in peace with my age. I'm 29, and I don't mind. Like, for me, probably, like, my brothers would say that I'm like a five years old mentally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, um, yeah, my younger brother is always making fun of me and he's like, he, like one time he wrote a status on his Facebook saying that, oh my God, like people grow older every year on their birthday and my sister goes younger every year. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I mean, I don't mind. I'm really in peace with my age and I'm enjoying every day uh, because things that I couldn't do before, now I can do. Mm -hmm. Things that I'm doing now, I didn't do before. So it's really every age comes with... Uh, um, like its advantages and disadvantages so we just have to embrace it and live with it mm -hmm. so you mentioned earlier that you'd experienced some dark times mm -hmm. on your journey yes would you like to share any of those sure uh, I mean I have a couple of them but uh, one of the interesting ones were before the Olympics um, so three weeks or a month before the Olympics, um, I had the sad news from my federation telling me that I was not going to compete at the Olympics. 
Um, they sent me an email, 2012. So they sent me an email saying that I will not participate at the Olympics. Um, I spent, it was a Thursday, I remember it. I was training so hard at that time. And um, that from Thursday to Monday, I was crying like all weekend long. So I was devastated and I was so sad. And then I get to training to practice on Monday morning. I jump in, I do like 200 meters and I couldn't breathe anymore. Um, and then it really got harder and harder. Yes, it just um, I had a hole in my lung. Okay. So my lung just because of the pressure, I guess, that I've uh, put myself through or because of some kind of random thing. Like when I went to the doctor, he said it's like one out of a million athletes that this happens to. And it's not very common into swimming to happen. Um, but actually, instead of that, the air stays into my lungs and circulates inside my lungs, the air came out and it was circulating in my whole body and behind my neck, like it went up to my neck. So, um, and I actually could have died from it. Um, but the doctor told me it's a good and a bad news that the hole was not too big, that we couldn't do a surgery on it, but I had to stay still and not move at all mm -hmm. until the hole closes. Mm -hmm. Endurance athlete, my heart rate goes really low. So when I'm rested, let's say, I'm, like my heart beats in 38, 37. Yeah, yeah. And um, so they took that into consideration, but not as much as they should have. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took time to wake up and they actually got scared that I wouldn't wake up after the surgery mm -hmm. But then when I woke up you don't like imagine the pain that I was feeling into my arm and like Seeing blood coming out of like my hand and I mean my arm and my shoulder um, And then three weeks later I came back to the UAE um, and I had my rowing competition My coach called me and he was like Sarah we need you uh, we need you to compete so we don't lose. And I didn't want to lose my title either because we have like seven steps into the, the championship mm -hmm. and I already missed one when I had the accident. I couldn't miss, we only had two left. Mm -hmm. So I went and I competed. <laughs> and um, instead of having five gold, I had two silver and three gold. Yeah. And the next one too. And like finally I won the national championship and then I was satisfied. I was like, now I can get back into it slowly and surely. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, but it's really, that's why I always say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It really works for me because if you're able to stand back up and um, just face whatever you're having, everything can be possible and everything is doable. Um, so we shouldn't give up. And failures are part of the journey. Sure. It's, not, it's not the end of the beginning of something new. Um, so I truly believe that yeah. you have to reach rock bottom. Exactly. To be able to, I think it humbles mm -hmm. you for a start. True. True, and that's what makes the difference between winners and losers too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people that really want it and people who just do it for like just doing it. So because the people who are not really believing in it and not doing it for the good reasons, they will just like, I mean, quit at the first problem mm -hmm. or at the first like bump. So, but the people who really wants to reach to wherever they want to reach, they will continue mm -hmm. whatever the problems are or whatever like, I mean, is thrown into their way. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Tell me a little bit about your business. Um, yes, so it's called um, SL Sports Consulting. Mm -hmm. um, so they're my initials, so Sarah Lajnev. 
um, I'm a little bit like I'm in mean, using my expertise in sports and my expertise in business because I have a master in international business and my bachelor in international relations and group them all together to be able as I told you I want to give back and um, I found that SL could be the mean to give back mm -hmm. um, so what we do is um, so we do motivational speaking mm -hmm. uh, we do clinics uh, like sports clinics, swimming clinics, or um, triathlon clinics, or rowing clinics. Um, uh, we do uh, file bidding for competitions uh, because I had the experience and the privilege to um, to bid to be part of the team that bid for uh, Abu Dhabi 2020, the World Championships. Um, I prepared the file with like with like because I was working for the Swimming Federation at the time. So we prepared the file. We went and presented um, at the um, the International Swimming Federation, and we won the bid to host the um, the, um, the World Championships in Abu Dhabi in 2020. So I had that experience, and I wanted to put it back into use um, to help. I mean, federations or countries to bid for files uh, to host competitions, international competitions. Um, uh, we help athletes get in touch with coaches or with universities because here in the Middle East, um, the same way we do in Tunisia, so athletes usually, they want to go and finish their high school, let's say in Europe, and then college in the US or Australia or Canada because uni the university system in the US is different from the system here. Mm -hmm. So they know how to do it and they have a system really set up for um, athletes to excel in school and in sports. So um, we help athletes get in touch with those universities, get recruited by their universities. So we work like as a middleman between the athletes and the universities. Mm -hmm. um, because I have contacts with universities in the US mm -hmm. and athletes from like the Middle East and MENA region in general. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to help them get the best from the universities that they can go to. Um, we also um, create and manage academies. Um, so from uh, like from the first step to like from the logo creation to applying for the for the business license to the market research to everything um, and then we can manage the, the academies too mm -hmm. uh, we do planning and programming for clubs mm -hmm. uh, local clubs or um, um, and then we do business development for them uh, we advise them where they can have more or less um, mm -hmm. so where they can expand or what they can do um, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much like uh, most of what we do. Sounds incredible. Thank it's you. That you your passion. <laughs> yeah. And your business acumen mm -hmm. into. So, yeah, so it, it's and really, yeah. Many years of experience and skills. Yeah, I, I hope, I mean, yeah. This it's really like trying to um, just inspire and give back a little bit and help because I know that when I was a younger athlete um, I struggled a little bit into finding people that really know the sport and know the, the sports world and the sports business to help me um, like grow or go where I needed to be so um, so I'm trying to fill that gap and fill that void where um, like these athletes won't have the, the same like I'm not going to say bad experience, but the same like problems that I had before. Yeah. So I'm trying to be really the, the, the person or like the entity that helps them grow and um, like achieve their goals because we have really good potential in the region and we have great athletes, but sometimes they just get lost into 
I mean, all the, the lobbying and the bureaucracy. And so I just try to give them like a straight, I mean, the, a straight solution and tell them this is what you can do. This is where you need to be and this is where you need to go. And um, it's their choice mm -hmm. to take it or not. So. Thank you. As a strong Arabic woman, do you feel like you've experienced any challenges because of your culture on your journey? Yes, <laughs> I mean it's uh, it's part of the game uh, because being I mean I'm really proud of my roots and I'm really proud of my religion and my region. Uh, but it's always a challenge to be a woman in the the Middle East region. Sometimes it is a challenge, and sometimes people don't really understand what a woman can do until they see her. Um, what until they see what she actually see her in action and what she can she can do. Um, and I mean, it's always the problem of, it's not really religious, but it's cultural. So um, people always think that a woman needs to be at home, <laughs> having kids and taking care of her family, but they cannot see her as like, let's say an accomplished businesswoman or athlete or, but I, what I say is that this does not eliminate that. We can be. We can be both. Exactly. We can be a good wife, take care of our husbands. I mean, I'm not married, but in the future, mm -hmm. let's say, take care of the husband, take care of the kids, take care of the house, and at the same time, be an accomplished businesswoman or athlete or whatever we want to be, uh, because we are able to do it. So why not do it? Um, mm -hmm. But it's always that problem of the age and the woman perception. You're you're old. Like, why are you not married yet? And why are you not thinking about having a family and you're still doing this sport and I'm like this is my life and it's part of my life it's not my whole life I have a life a side of sports mm -hmm. but it is part of my life and I cannot live without sports um, and it's actually making me the person I am today so um, I'm, I'm really thankful that I have this thing in my life that is sports to make me like accomplished and feel the way I feel now and be able to inspire and um, talk to younger generations and tell them that they really there's a future for female athletes in our region so what do you do apart from sports um, what do I do I travel mm -hmm. I love traveling and um, seeing like I mean meeting new people and new cultures uh, well obviously like every woman I love shopping <laughs> Um, um, I mean, I love languages, so um, I learned, I speak French and Arabic are my uh, first languages. English, I learned it when I went to the US. I learned Spanish also uh, when I used to live in Florida because it was a must, as we have a lot of Latinos in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand a little bit of Italian. I mean, I struggle a little bit with Italian, but I understand and I can speak it a little bit. Um, I want to take Chinese next. So Chinese is on my list of uh, languages. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Um, that's, yes, I am uh, preparing a book. I mean, it's still on its first, 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 um, like, just, it's still a thought and I have a couple of, I mean, scrape papers and things, but um, that's that's the project too. And tell me about the book. The book, um, I cannot tell too much about it, but um, it's gonna be talking about um, like a story that I lived in 2016 um, that changed my life, let's say, and um, 
made me really, when I say like this time when I tell you it made me stronger, it did make me stronger. Um, it changed me to a different person, but in a good way. Um, so I'm going to be talking about this. Um, in French, we say descente aux enfers. So it's really like when you say you touch like rock bottom. So that's, I'm going to talk about the, the, the fall down, but also how I came back up mm -hmm. and how it's just now it's um, from there, there's no coming back down. Mm -hmm. So it's all for, for the best. So, um, and it's really, I mean, the moral of this story, why I will be sharing that is just um, to tell women in general, because it's really, it will relate more to women than, I mean, it will relate to the general population, but it's specifically for a, a certain type of woman, it will relate to them and tell them that um, you should never give up mm -hmm. and you shouldn't really um, just settle for whatever situation you are in, but you should fight it and you just, you need to um, come around and just like cross to the other border. So, um, and they can do it. If I did it, anyone can do it because I don't have any super human, I mean, um, I'm not like any kind of like Wonder Woman or anything. Um, I have my parents that stood for me and helped me through it. Uh, but other than that, it's you yourself. And um, so you just, if you really want to, um, to just challenge whatever you are living and whatever you are going through, you can do it. So I just said, it's me, myself and I, and I'm gonna do it. And I just stood back up, let's say. I look forward to reading that when you return. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have um, time scales? When that would be um, no, uh, because I still don't know. Um, probably after 2020, after the Olympics, mm -hmm. um, when um, I think that will be the best time that it will come out. Um, that's when I think I'll be confident enough uh, to be able to talk about everything mm -hmm. that happened and um, not being just like, should I talk about it, should I not? Mm. Um, is it gonna be any like things coming back into like into my face because of that or so, um, but I think it will, be, it will be a good book and it will be a good story that people will relate to it mm. and um, will understand then what I was talking about now, mm. so. Amazing, <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you. Sarah, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, Sarah Lajnev official. Uh, that's my personal Instagram, but um, anyone can get in touch with me. I'm very, um, I'm very proactive at answering the messages and the, the, the comments um, because I actually share everything on Instagram. Um, so I really try to post every day for the stories. I try to post like motivational uh, quotes and pictures and I try to share my training too sometimes when I wake up at like 4 a.m. in the morning and I go so people know um, what it takes to be actually an athlete and that they can do it also because all the people that I train with are working people also. Mm 
So if we can do it, they can do it. Um, so yeah, my Instagram, Sarah Lajnov Official, and then my email, by email probably, if you want me to, to give my email. Um, and it's okay, it's more like yeah. the social media. Exactly, but it is really the Facebook, social media. Instagram, Facebook, I have Facebook too, it's the same. All my social media, it's Instagram, Facebook, it's Sarah Lajnov uh, Official, and then, um, so I'm creating the SL page on Facebook um, soon, it will be like on Facebook, so mm -hmm. it will be SL Sports Consulting. Mm -hmm. But for now, it's Instagram. Instagram is the easiest way to get in touch with me. Mm -hmm. So That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Zoe. Yeah, thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much. It and, was really um, a pleasure. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about thank you. all your future <laughs> achievements. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely be following you in 2010. Uh, 2020, 2020, 2020, yeah. And I'll, I'm sure I'm going to see you out on the track sometime. Yes, definitely. I mean, we're in Dubai, so in Dubai is not too big. So probably if you're training in Jumeirah, you probably, I mean, we do all the running in Jumeirah. So um, most likely we will cross roads. Do you go to any of the Try Dubai C-Swims? Yes, we do. Uh, I do the Saturday morning with uh, Try Dubai. We did one this past Saturday and it was really nice swim with them uh, because it's really people that are fast enough to that I can, that I can challenge me um, into the swim so and it's it's fun to to, to have a group to swim with because usually I just do my three or four K just in the water just swimming back and forth but when you have people swimming with you it is a great group it is it is and it's yeah. really fun to, I need to yeah back you should you should <laughs> yeah yeah so well thank you so much